culture is led from the top down. What we pay attention to as leaders is absolutely what our teams value. And so our alignment with what we're saying around we value safety and our actions around what we do about safety are critical. You are listening to WorkShift, a podcast from the Workers' Compensation Board of Nova Scotia. Welcome to WorkShift. My name is Stuart McLean. I'm the CEO of the Workers' Compensation Board. Today's workplaces are facing significant new challenges. For leaders, supporting workers and helping them stay safe, healthy, and at work has never been more important. Finding and retaining skilled workers is becoming a big challenge in many sectors, and our workforce is shrinking. These challenges highlight the need to ensure that our skilled workers remain healthy, safe, and at work. Here to talk about how leaders are leaning in to address our new workplace realities is MJ McDonald. MJ has served as CEO at Construction Safety Nova Scotia for the past two years. MJ spent 30 years as a senior leader in the public and private sectors, and her passion for workplace safety and health has remained a common thread throughout her career. Welcome to WorkShift, MJ. Thank you for having me. For our listeners, I know MJ. Obviously, she worked at Workers' Compensation. We were we were colleagues, so we have a great connection, and we're looking forward to today's conversation. I, I do want to just give a little bit of background about what a safety association is. Fundamentally, um, uh, funding is actually collected through WCB premiums to create an avenue for programming, and that's what a safety association does, is they create try to create the conditions for success in the individual sectors. And MJ, talk to me about the value of your safety association. So Stuart, one of the most um, important aspects of our safety association to recognize is the fact that it was industry-led and industry-founded. And the premiums that you mentioned, the levy, uh, is is collected from all our members. We have over 6,500 members in the construction sector. And I'm thrilled to say that the value of this organization is that we're able to um, train uh, all uh, construction workers um, to work more safely, you know, to understand the dynamics on a, on a work site, as an example. We train them in principles around leadership and culture and things like that. So this has had a profound effect on the industry, a huge success, frankly, over the last 28 years that we've been in existence. I can double down on that because uh, I happen to know some statistics. And uh, believe it or not, uh, listeners, we had over 1,500 time loss injuries in construction and working with construction mm-hmm. safety and all the different programming that's been done there. They are under 500 time loss injuries. So that's really cut by two thirds uh, over the years. So I hope your teams are, are proud of the work that you do. Um, when we look at the the different uh, health and safety risks that you would see, I'll give you an example. We're seeing uh, mm-hmm. payroll that we cover is up by about 11% already this year. And a lot of that you know, construction's mm-hmm. driving some of that. So yeah. what are the key challenges you're seeing? Uh, so you've mentioned one, rapid growth. Rapid growth is good and rapid growth also has some risks attached to it. So rapid growth can mean um, we might be reaching out to um, a workforce that may not be fully trained. They may not um, understand some of the risks in construction. Um, we're we're working with many uh, newcomers, which is a wonderful thing to grow the, the workforce. And so the issues around culture and diversity and um, working harmoniously on a, on a construction site are becoming more and more prevalent. The other piece of this is, um, you know, support for mental health. 
what we hear from our members is the recognition that physical health is intrinsically tied to our mental health. If we are distracted by something that might be going on at home, we're experiencing some personal setbacks or concerns about our own health and things like that. Um, these 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 moments show up on a work site and can lead to um, an injury. And so those are the those are the few highlights that we're focused on um, as we go forward to help support members uh, through this. When you talk about large versus small, or you talk about residential versus commercial construction. And when we look at injury prevention, really, whether it's a, a big company or a smaller company, a lot of the principles are the same. Would you say that they're the same challenges? I, I do think the principles are the same. I think what differs is the resources to implement on those principles. Right. And uh, you're, you're absolutely right, Stuart, having a framework and, and safety plans and understanding hazard identification and how we mitigate is, is fundamental. It doesn't, it doesn't change. Mm -hmm. What does change with, with size is the resources and the expertise that you can bring to bear to, to actually, I guess, deliver. You know, so, so do, you have, do you have someone who even knows what hazards are and and they've developed safety mm -hmm. plans, and I think that's where associations can play a huge role with supporting small and medium sized businesses because we can mentor and coach through through those. Uh, we do train a lot in this area, but I think really that that's probably the difference. It's the resourcing and the expertise through that continuum of very small to larger, because if you're larger, you can actually mm -hmm. and you must need. You know, you've got someone dedicated to this that really makes a difference. So what, what could a safety association do for companies? Like what would that look like in terms of your approach and how, how can you help your teams and, and help your, your employers? I, um, a big role for us, Stuart, is, is raising awareness and education and training. And uh, this can be at all levels. So I'll give you an example. Last year, our board, who is a champion in, in uh, developing better mental health um, supports, asked us, tasked us to um, better spread awareness around mental health issues in the construction sector. And just by way of example, uh, rates of suicide, for example, in, in the construction sector are three to four times higher than they are in the general population. And there's a whole myriad of reasons around that. But what they asked us to do sort of is, what can we get, what can we get going concretely? So every single one of our courses, if you take fall arrest now, if you take rigging, if you take WMS, if you take first aid, you are going to get 15 minutes on mental health supports and tools. So mm -hmm. every single, now we train, we educate thousands and thousands of learners every year. So the cumulative effect of just raising awareness, uh, the cumulative effect of just saying to someone, just ask somebody if you think that they're not having a good day. Just check in with, with, your, with your colleagues, check in with your buddies mm -hmm. and ask the question. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. If you were, um, we'll call it, um, transported to speak to leaders, like a big conference, we'll just say, mm -hmm. and you've got... CEOs of the major companies and, and big, medium, small, doesn't matter. What, what would be some key things that you'd like to say to them, you know, if you, right. had, if you had that opportunity? So I think, and you, you know, you and I have talked about this, uh, culture is, 
led from the top down. And so as leaders, having, first of all, awareness around this, what we pay attention to as leaders is absolutely what our teams value. And so our alignment with what we're saying around we value safety and our actions around what we do about safety are critical. And if there uh, is a disconnect there, what that says then to folks watching our actions, as they do for all leaders, um, that, that it's lip service. And that's the wrong message. So I encourage leaders to be aware that their actions and their words align and that they're, when they say safety is number one, they, they truly believe that. So we talk about the, you know, stop the line button. Mm-hmm. Do you give permission to everybody on your team uh, to speak up and and say, you know what, this is not safe. And that's, that's a hard culture to build, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the power, um, uh, you know, the power imbalance, if you will, in any, in any uh, work site. Uh, so, so that's what I encourage leaders to think about, how they can create a culture where everybody would feel safe, metaphorically, to, to stop the line and to question how well we're doing and um, align their actions around around their beliefs and their stated values. I love that. I put it a little differently. I love mm-hmm. the stop the line button because mm-hmm. your staff and people that you talk to will understand what that means mm-hmm. because it's it's it really is a, a metaphor for um, the internal responsibility system, exactly. right to refuse unsafe work, right? That's what it comes down to. I use the phrase yeah. with our teams, um, only do something if you can do it safely. Yeah. So if you feel like you can't do it, stop have a conversation about it because mm-hmm. you, you don't need to put yourself at risk. There's not, there's no job that's worth that. We need all of our that's employees right. and, and citizens yeah. returning home safely at the end of the day to their families. Yeah. I think we'd all agree with that. Yeah, so totally. You know, I uh, couldn't agree more. And in fact, you know, I shared with you a, a picture of my grandson. Mm-hmm. So to me, safety- What's his name? We need his name. Ethan. Ethan, okay, we're talking and, about Ethan. Uh, we're talking about Ethan. And uh, so, so to me, it is a, it is, it does come down to the family and and our loved ones. And mm-hmm. if you, and if we are not willing or wouldn't put ourselves or someone that we love in a risk position, then it's not safe. It's not safe. And uh, keeping that top of mind because it hasn't always been. And if if I can, I'll share another wee story yeah, uh, from 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 early on when I joined um, the company and I was um, in charge of all the federal facilities in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. And we had dispatchers. So the calls would come in from various public buildings. And one day, one of our responsibilities actually was the, the raising and the lowering the flag. So you, you're familiar with the federal building on Bedford Row mm-hmm. as an example. And that flag, someone had passed away and the flag was supposed to be, be lowered to half-mast. It was an extremely windy day. Now, normally under the previous leadership, there was to be no questions asked. You just went and did that, no matter how windy it was on the roof. And I said to the dispatcher, you know, just tell the guys, if it's not safe to be on the roof, don't go there and we'll, we'll get to this first thing in the morning when it's calmer. And the dispatcher came back to me and she said, uh, the guy said to say thank you. And of course, this was a half hour later. I'd completely forgotten what I'd said. And, and I said, well, for what? And, and she said, well, because no one had ever told them before, if it's not safe to go out on the roof, don't do it. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's such a simple thing, but I would never get my son or daughter out on a roof if it's not safe. Why no, would course, I ever of ask? Of course not. Why, why would I ever ask? So that's the kind of, I think, thinking that we all, you know, that's one small mm-hmm. little example. MJ, when you, when you mention safety 
And you mentioned flags. Flags remind me of the day of mourning. They remind me that, you know, we serious things can happen. In fact, we had two fatalities in the construction sector last year. About nine years ago, um, a young man, I think, believe he was 21 years old. His name was Alan David Fraser. And he fell while working alone. He, you know, got picked up at a Tim Hortons and went to a, a job site mm-hmm. and was removing garbage and fell off a six-story building and, and, you know, passed away. I've met his mom. I met his two sisters at the day of mourning. They have, you know, obviously just devastated. And uh, there's now a bursary in, in his name mm-hmm. at the Nova Scotia Community College. But it reminds me of how important new workers are. I call it new workers, young workers. When people arrive at the workforce, you know, they, mm. they don't always have the training. They don't always have fall arrest gear, which I understand in that particular fatality, there wasn't. So any comment or advice for employers around young workers and, and what, what the CEO of the Construction Safety Association would be thinking about in that regard? Well, you know, Stuart, it just, uh, it, it breaks your heart uh, to hear those stories. And um, we work extensively with youth, both in the high school um, domain as well as at NSCC. And uh, I think the message for employers is, for God's sake, don't put kids into that position. Oftentimes youth are very much, I'm just going to follow the direction Uh I've been given, and they trust that people are looking after their best interests and that nothing will happen. And uh, so we we spend a lot of time just around uh, hazard identification and thinking about what could happen and making sure that, uh, in fact, that people are taking um, proper proper precautions. Having said that, we also know quite well that if you're on a on a work site, and um, again, it goes back to that: uh, what do we say versus what do we do? People will very quickly stop working safely if there's no safety protocols present on a site, even if they know it's not safe. MJ, when we, I'm just going to change gears for a moment. Sure. Um, so yeah. what would you say about return to work? Is that going to have the similar overlay? Is it some? Is it transferable amongst different organizations or is it really specific to construction? I think that there's an opportunity to explore that. I, I don't know that we have a perfect answer at this stage. Um, I do see some opportunities, though, for better mm-hmm. cross-sharing around ability and not necessarily looking at a narrow sector or even a subsector of a sector. So, you know, you mentioned construction, um, residential construction, rather. And, uh, you know, we, we, we know right now that in the system, the framers have the highest injury rate and they've got the highest, one of the highest premiums. It's, it's a really tough physical job. People wear out, they literally wear down their body. They have tremendous knowledge. So it might not be that they can do that job, but they might be able to go to a mid-sized company. We had a recent example around this where they really needed a, um, an estimator to help estimate projects. They couldn't even get projects out the door because they didn't have somebody who was capable of doing that. So we're looking at those kinds of things where we can match ability and knowledge to a job opening in doesn't necessarily need to be construction. I don't mm-hmm. think. Yeah, I, but I would agree. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I really think it's about matching good, meaningful work uh, mm-hmm. for people so that we can have a healthy and prosperous economy yeah. here in Nova Scotia. 
So MJ, one of the things that uh, we haven't talked about is, and I think it's been an incredibly effective strategy for your your uh, organization, is the roadmap that we all know as the the Certificate of Recognition Program. Mm -hmm. um, and I know now you're working in Return to Work on a similar roadmap for em employers in that regard. In fact, we're we're going to take a look at how do we actually incorporate Return to Work in in our uh, audit program. Uh, can you share with our listeners a little bit about what Core is and how it's been how it's been uh, good for your organization and for your industry? Thank you, Stuart. Yes, Core or the Certificate of Recognition has been a hugely impactful. And uh, for those who th uh, are not necessarily familiar with it, basically what it is uh, is a standard for a safety management framework. And uh, we have safety consultants who then would um, work with member organizations who want to attain uh, this designation. So we will work with them and, and audit their practices. And once they meet the standard, they are issued uh, a certificate of recognition. So in a nutshell, what that means is it's a company that has committed in a very specific disciplined way to work safely, and they've developed and implemented the processes and procedures to do so. What that means is they're, they're then able to, say, bid on work, as an example. So provincial work typically has that as a requirement, not necessarily core, but a, a safety certificate. Um, what, what we do know, what the, our research is telling us, what the data are telling us, fascinating, is that uh, those companies that are a holder of a core, and, and very specifically their certificate of recognition as trademarked by construction industry, are about 20% safer than other companies, even if they have some other uh, safety certification. So that particular um, entity has been hugely successful and is hugely mm -hmm. successful. Yeah. So we're hoping to continue to adopt yeah, excellent. that more. I think about your career, and if I have this right, I'm just going from memory, mm -hmm. you originally worked for a construction company, you know, I'll call it 20 years ago. Is that true? Maybe slightly more yeah, than 20. Many. Okay, well, you couldn't have been worked for 20 years, but okay, we'll go with that. Just slightly. So I would ask you this. Yes. Um, construction has, has traditionally been a male-dominated industry. Informal at, at work sites, it can be, you know, difficult yes. uh, dynamics for, for people. What advice would you give to women in trades today? So I do, I do give advice to women in trades today, and uh, I say to them, bring it on. It's an exciting career. You can work pretty much anywhere in the world. Uh, it's it's well-paying. It's, um, you know, the opportunities are limitless. Uh, I agree with you. There's lots of challenges around um, uh, gender um, still, uh, sadly, and... Um, uh, so, so I think it's a fabulous career uh, for women. There's there's lots of exciting opportunities here, and I mm -hmm. think uh, you know the sector is is changing and it's becoming more welcoming. Can can I share a little story? Yes, no, hundred percent. I was in uh, Cape Breton in July, and I had the opportunity to do a tour of the new cancer care site at the uh, Cape Breton Regional Hospital. And uh, we were sitting around the table doing a little pre tour, you know, the project up on the screen and. Uh, sort of the, the duration and the key milestones and looking at everything. And 
around the table, there was five women and one man. Now that wouldn't have happened 20, 25 no, years ago. No, you're right about that one. So the picture of, uh, and it is a visual, when you're in a room and you look around the table, who's at the table has changed. Mm -hmm. So there was a kick-ass young engineer and she was just, she was the lead on that site. And she just, she had it all figured out, right? And the, the, uh, they had a diversity uh, coordinator uh, and I'm not even going to remember the others, but the five of us sitting around the table and one, and you know, we, we said to him, isn't this a, isn't this a reversal? Who would have ever predicted 20 years ago that we'd be sitting around a table in a construction site office as leaders, right? right? As so, leaders. so, it's, it's you wonderful. know, so Stuart, yep. you know, I see things like that and it just Invisible tells signs. me uh, yeah. that things have changed and they are continuing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, There's lots of work for all of us and we have to, we have to care about those things if we want them to change and create that conversation, right? So I wanna thank you for today. Um, it's been, I think, an insightful conversation. MJ's helped us talk about a lot of different uh, concepts here today. So thank you. You're most welcome. Thank you for having me, Stuart. So next episode, we'll be talking to Dr. Robert Strang and Dr. Jonathan Fells about the Make Your Move program and the importance of physical activity in the workplace. We're going to have great guests. It's going to be a very interesting conversation. Thanks again to MJ McDonald from the Construction Safety Association for her leadership. Always proud of MJ. Everyone have a safe day. Thank you. You are listening to WorkShift, a podcast from the Workers' Compensation Board of Nova Scotia. If you would like to learn more, you can visit worksaferlife.ca.